Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hi, hello, and welcome to episode number 33 of Amber on Podcast. I am so thankful that you have joined me here today. I have so much to share, dear listeners. I have a story, an origin story, and it's a story that is really important for women to hear. So if you are a woman, listen up. And if you are a man, listen up too, because we need a team, a village to raise the wonderful people we are becoming each and every day. So we need to share. We need to share our stories of how we got to where we are, how exactly it happened, what led us to where we are. And if you just so happen to have done something extraordinary, if you are somebody who has really contributed something grand to the world, well, I want to know how you did it, why you did it, so that I can learn and so that I can hopefully find something similar to myself in your story. I want to make sense of the world and I want you to be able to make sense of the world. So... Ladies and gents, guys and girls, I bring to you an origin story that is unlike any other you have heard, a story that will inspire you to speak up and be honest with yourself, a story that will inspire you to be yourself truly, honestly, and openly. So let's figure out how to get this self-show on the road, and let's start the show. We are talking about origin stories, my dear listeners. And today, our origin story comes from our main man, the dopest pod host in the game, Mr. Guy Raz. And on this episode of How I Built This, hosted by Guy Raz, he is interviewing Bobby Brown, the famous makeup artist, author, and founder of Bobby Brown Cosmetics. Now, This interview is great, shockingly and surprisingly great, especially for women. There are two points I want you to think about as I tell this story, two important factors that definitely played a major role in her success. There are two things, two things that this woman did that not many of us do. She was honest and she said, boundaries. She spoke up, but I will get to those things in just a moment. First, we have to start at the beginning, and the beginning for our girl took place in the suburbs of Chicago in the 1960s, where she was raised by her mom and her dad, and this young girl had no idea that she would go on to sell over a billion dollars a year in cosmetics over a billion dollars a year in makeup. You see, our girl, her name is Bobby Brown, and when Bobby was growing up, she was fascinated by her mother's makeup. When her mom would apply her makeup in the 60s, Bobby would look on and watch her meticulously, meticulously place her fake eyelashes on with just a toothpick. And every Wednesday and Saturday 
were date night, and her mom always got dressed up on those nights. And Bobby wasn't like her mother so much in the look. She wasn't so glamorous or sophisticated. Bobby is and always has been a more plain Jane kind of girl, her own personal style. She's comfortable being in comfortable shoes, and she's comfortable being in her, her own skin. And as she grew up, she didn't see many girls that looked like her. During the 70s, it was all blonde bombshells, right? You're coming out of the Marilyn Monroe era into the Farrah Fawcett era. And most of the girls in the media, most of the girls on the magazine covers played toward that trend. Until a movie came out that changed the way people saw beauty. At the time, there was a movie that came out and the movie was called Love Story. It came out in 1970, starring Ali McGraw. And this movie, which I researched for this podcast, but I have never seen, this movie was super successful in 1970. From what I can tell um, on their Wikipedia page, it's sort of like uh, their old-time version of Romeo and Juliet or some other super romantic, tragic movie. It's listed as a tragedy on Wikipedia. And it's one of the highest grossing films of all time it also says so this movie is a big deal right culturally speaking it's definitely on the map and this girl this actress name is uh her name is Allie McGraw and she's a plain looking girl she has no makeup in the movie and her hair is parted down the center her brunette hair she was definitely no Marilyn and she resonated with Bobby Brown as a young girl in 1970. She saw this successful movie and the plain Jane girl, the plain Jane was the leading actress. And she thought, hey, maybe I can be pretty, too. Maybe I can be confident, too. And, you know, because when you see people who who are successful and they look like you, that means one thing that you can do it, too. When you see successful people and they look just like you, that means you can do it too. And for Bobby, it gave her confidence. So college time rolls around and she enrolls, but she hates it. She wants to drop out. And so she comes home the summer after her freshman year at college and she tells her mom, Mom, I hate school. The classes are full of hundreds of kids and one teacher. It's boring. I'm not going back. And her mother, like... Most mothers is resistant to this idea. She tells Bobby that she can't drop out of school because she dropped out of school and Bobby must graduate college. So she asked her daughter, Bobby, what do you want to do tomorrow? Forget about what you want to do with your life. But if it were your birthday tomorrow, what would you want to do? And Bobby thinks for a moment and she says, I would play with makeup. I would go to Marshall Fields and I would try on and play in all of their makeup. Which, for those of you who don't know, Marshall Fields is or was, Marshall Fields was a department store, a nice department store, a destination shopping kind of place. And so Bobby's mom looks at her and she says, well, why don't you study makeup? Only Bobby didn't want to go to beauty school. She was into a different style of makeup. She liked doing more natural makeup for sure, but she also liked doing theatrical makeup. She was interested in what you could do with makeup to emphasize the character whoever that character might be. So that's what she did. Bobby transferred schools and left the university for Emerson, Emerson College, where she studied makeup. And unlike the last stop, Bobby super duper loved it. She was surrounded by kids who were like her. She found her tribe. We 
always hear people say you have to find your tribe. You have to create your tribe. You are the average of the five people around you. And this is a perfect example of the importance of your tribe because it gave Bobby a sense of belonging. And with belonging comes safety. Safety to explore and safety to achieve your dreams in an open way with other people who are doing the same. She had no idea at the time, but she was priming herself for her eventual billion-dollar success by being with her tribe, by seeking them out when she knew that they were not there, by telling her mom, these are not my people or my way. She was able to figure it out and go to a school that was better suited for her needs. But you have to speak up, ladies. This doesn't happen if you are quiet and timid and questioning every decision you make and everything that you say. Decide and do. Feel the fear and do it anyway. So now Bobby is at the cool kids school and she's with other kids like her, people that are creative and fiery and entrepreneurial. They are working on films together. And when Bobby comes up with a film idea, she reverse engineers it. She thinks, okay, what kind of makeup do I want to do? And then she makes a film surrounding that, surrounding her makeup idea. Bobby had a skill and a passion. Even back then when she was still in school, she wanted to know how to use makeup differently than the other people did. She liked figuring out how to make someone look old or worn out. And she liked the process of meeting the meeting with the director and, and figuring out who these characters were and how to portray that through the makeup. It's a cool thing. Makeup, okay? Guy or girl, Halloween is for all, my friends. And so I think if you appreciate dressing up for Halloween, then you can certainly appreciate Bobby's art form. The last year of her college career, the last year of Bobby's college career, the very last month before she graduated, she read an article in, in Mademoiselle magazine about a freelance makeup artist. Now, she had no idea what a freelance makeup artist was, but she knew that she wanted to find out. And the year is now 1979. And so she writes this freelance makeup artist. She writes her a letter. And the makeup artist's name was Bonnie. So she writes Bonnie a letter, but Bonnie doesn't answer. Um, no response to the letter. So Bobby, undeterred and still in 1979, she goes to the phone book and she calls Bonnie and she doesn't answer. But she gets her answering machine. And on her answering machine is a message that says, Hi, it's Bonnie. If I'm not answering, then I'm probably on a shoot. Call my manager, Brian Bantry. If you need something, you can reach him at 212. So Bobby calls this Brian Bantry and explains that she would like to work as a freelance makeup artist. And Brian is so kind to explain like what and how to make that happen, but he doesn't represent her, mind you. But over time, slowly over time, he does start to call her. He calls her to assist on different shoots to work as a makeup artist assistant, which she did happily. Now she's living in New York and she is working as a freelance makeup artist. She is not able to pay her rent. Mind you, Bobby makes this very clear in the interview, which I really admire. A lot of people choose to leave this very important detail out. Bobby says that the only way she paid her rent was because her dad gave her $500 a month to pay 
her rent. Again, she says it in the interview like it's gospel. She repeats it with emphasis, and so I'm repeating it now. The only way she was able to have a freelance career as a makeup artist is because her dad was paying her rent. What a nice and generous father. But it's not enough. Bobby is working, but she's also spending, and she keeps maxing out her credit card each month, and she's telling her dad, like, dad, what do I do? I keep getting these fees and I keep maxing out my card and not making enough money. And he says, stop, stop, stop. Stop thinking about these fees and stop paying this and not having enough money for that. Why don't you just start thinking about how to make more money? Now, I want to pause here because this might sound obvious to you, but to me, to my dumb brain with infinite money problems, focusing on making more money was never part of my financial plan. Never part of my original financial plan. Anytime I have not had enough money, I have primarily thought of ways to cut expenses or thought of things to sell. It was only recently that I reverse engineered this problem, like Bobby's father did. And once I got started thinking of ways to make more money and solving that problem, I never stopped and neither has my money. And the same was true for Bobby. Her dad told her, He said that on a Friday, he told her that, and she decided to wake up early on Monday and fill her book up with appointments on go-sees, as they're called in the industry. Appointments to go meet with editors or clients and show them her book, her her book of photos, photos that were taken of her makeup, her natural, healthy-looking makeup. And she hustled. She filled up her date book, and she kept moving forward. She kept working. Now, it was a 80s, and you know what the makeup looked like back then. Paint, like literal paint, primarily blue, yellow, green, purple, pink eyeshadow, pink base foundation, and contour, and heavy, like dark eyeliner. And here you have Bobby, Bobby Brown, with her fresh, natural face. And she's in Manhattan trying to book gigs. And and she did. She did book one gig after another doing her healthy looking makeup, even though other prominent, very prominent, famous makeup artists told her that she would never make it, that they said they, they said that her look didn't make any sense, that makeup was for people who, who wanted to get made up. They didn't respect her minimalism. They didn't understand that she liked different styles of makeup and that she had a different approach. They didn't get it. But alas, these naysayers were in the minority, and her work did get noticed. There were two huge moments at the beginning of her career. The first was a six-page spread in American Vogue, all about makeup, different looks with different makeup, all done by Bobby Brown. Then, dun-dun-dun, she booked the cover of Vogue with Naomi Campbell in 1988 at the very start of Naomi's career. And it was major. It put her on the map with the right people, photographers, stylists, etc. Now, she did all of this, as she mentions in the interview. Bobby did all of this while in a serious relationship, while keeping friends and while working with Vogue. And she did it on purpose, without apology, and with barriers. Let me give you an example. She would rather come home and be with her babies and her husband than work late. She decided that, she stuck to it, and she got what she wanted. A family, friends, children, and a billion-dollar company. She worked at them all at the same time. 
She's our hero. Now, la-di-da, Bobby is now married, and now she's pregnant with her first child, still in New York, and she's still working with the magazines, and she's on a shoot at Kiehl's. You guys, you guys all know Kiehl's, the expensive lotion shop, and she's doing this shoot there at Kiehl's, and she starts talking to this chemist who works there, and this chemist has these lipsticks that are bomb, and Bobby loves them, and she says, you know, I really love these lipsticks. I've been wanting to make lipstick, too, and he's like, oh, yeah, and she's like, yeah, I want to, I want, but what I want, I can't be bought in stores, and I need a lipstick that's the color of lip color, the color of actual lips, and it can't be too greasy, but it needs to be creamy, and I don't want any scent, and needs to match these two colors. And Bobby pulls out a couple of items and shows the chemist. And the chemist says, okay, give me these and I'll make you a lipstick. A week later, a lipstick arrives in the mail and Bobby loves it, like really loves it. It's perfect. And she's so happy and she immediately wants to make more. She started thinking of all the colors that she would need, all the different shades of lip colors for different skin tones. Then she would need a pink and an orange and a red, but she didn't want 12 pinks and four oranges. She just wanted one, one best pink, one best red, and so on. She worked with the chemist, got the colors right, and she had a plan to sell her new lipsticks called Bobby Brown to models and editors, people she met at work. And then... She's having lunch with a friend. This friend happens to be the beauty editor at Glamour Magazine. Again, she's with her tribe. So she's having lunch with her friend, and they both had just had babies. And they are catching up, and she says, oh, look at these lipsticks that I'm making now. And she shows her friend, and her friend loves them. Her friend does a story on them in Glamour Magazine. And then she starts to get calls from people to buy lipsticks. I mean, these are only $15. And after the chemist cut, she's only making $7.50. So it wasn't life-changing money, just nice side hustle in addition to the hustle money. Until a few months later, and Bobby is at a party in New York City, and she meets a woman who just so happens to be the cosmetics buyer at Bergdorf's. Bobby tells her about her lipsticks, and the woman offers to bring them into the stores. So she sends the lipsticks, and they decide to sell them at Bergdorf's. Now she's outgrown the chemist, so they need to scale, and they need to scale quickly to have enough for Bergdorf's. So they need money. They need money and a new chemist, a new lab. Lucky for them, they have friends, and they have a little bit of money. So they partner with their friends, another married couple, And they empty out their savings, about $10,000. And they go into business making lipsticks, which at this time, I would like to point out how many lipsticks you have to sell in order to get rich. That's a lot of lipstick. And that's a lot of good lipstick because the only way you can make that kind of money on an item that's less than $20 is it has to be great. And Bobby's product was great. So they believed in it and she believed in it. They still needed a new lab, however. The story is great, too. Bobby is in the elevator at her building, and the building she lives in, and she's going to the 11th floor, and there's another woman in the elevator with her. And it's a few minutes ride up to the 11th floor. So Bobby, she speaks up, and she asks the other woman, so what do you do? And the woman says, oh, I work in a, a cosmetics lab in Queens. And Bobby says, oh, really? She gets the woman's card. And that same lab ends up being the lab they use for years, all from asking one question, just like that, as if the universe was willing it to happen. 
Day one comes around and they're ready to start selling at Bergdorf's. They are hoping to sell 100 lipsticks for their first month at their store. Instead, on the first day, on the first day they launched, they sold 100 lipsticks in one day. They did so well that Neiman's wanted them too. And over time, the makeup included more items as they came up, pencils and eyeshadows, etc. Bobby was out visiting stores, doing personal appearances. She wrote a book about makeup and was out promoting all with her family in tow, her babies and her husband. And she mentions repeatedly that she doesn't like to be away from her husband and her kids, which I think is so, so sweet. I love that so much. I want to build a life like that. I think it's so important to build that in. Bobby is doing this work and it's real work. And she has really focused on including her family in her work, which is something we could all stand to do a bit better, I suppose. So Bobby is working and she finishes her speech and this old woman, this tiny old woman in a perfectly tailored suit raises her hand and she asks, how can I keep my lipstick on? And Bobby gives her the answer. And the old woman says, I've seen you on the Today Show and you did so good. You've done so much now. What else do you want to do? And Bobby thought for just a moment and she said, well, I would really like to be a regular on the Today Show. And the old woman responds, well, honey, Jeff Jeff Zucker is my grandson. I can get you on the Today Show. Jeff Zucker was the executive producer of the Today Show at the time. That was a Friday. And by Monday, Bobby was in her dressing room at the Today Show. She is ecstatic, so thrilled. And Jeff Zucker comes over to her dressing room and he says, Grammy loves you. She wanted me to have you on. I heard you want to be a regular. And Bobby says, oh, yes, I would love to be a regular. And Jeff says, "Okay, you're a regular. I'll see you again next month. And for the next 12 years, Bobby was a regular on the Today Show as the makeup artist, consultant, expert. This did amazing things to establish her as a credible and talented artist, as an honest and skilled businesswoman. It put her on the map in a major way and all because she said it. She knew what she wanted when she was asked. And when she was asked, she answered and it was delivered to her. And that is the powerful thing about Bobby's story. She was honest and open about what she wanted. She didn't apologize and she didn't bargain. She wanted a successful career and her family and she got that in spades. You might know the rest of the story, but I'll give you a short version. Bobby goes on, and four years after launching her lipstick line, she gets a phone call from Leonard Lauder of Estee Lauder. And he says, hey, you're doing a really great job. We love your work. We love your work, and we've we've tried to beat you, but you keep beating us. And we've realized that we can't beat you, so we would like to buy you. Hundreds of millions of dollars later, Bobby and her partners sell to Estee Lauder. And Bobby gets a big, fat paycheck. Later, like 20 years later, she would go on and on to work for Estee Lauder, though still on her brand, but they bought the company. She would go on to work for Estee Lauder until she stopped. She decided that the corporate life was not for her. She needed more freedom to lead. So she left 
Bobby Brown Cosmetics and started her own thing, a few new things, new ways for her to express her creativity and still learn, still evolve, and do more good for more people most of the time. I love Bobby Brown. I love her makeup and I love her story. What an inspiration, ladies. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you so much for listening. And please, if you have not left a rating on the show, please leave me a rating. It really helps get the show into more sweet little ears. I do suggest checking out the full interview with Bobby Brown on How I Built This, hosted by Guy Raz. I will link it in the show notes. And you can find all of the show notes at my website, mytalkingdollars.com. I will see you next week for more good stuff. Thank you. Love you. Bye.